Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Armor Report followers. Thank you for being with me on a Saturday. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. We're going to dive right in to stock market investing. We call this quantumental investing. That's our strategy here. All right. We're going to talk today about the cannabis um, investment landscape. So welcome back to the cannabis couch. It's one of our favorite places to be, and we've been driven away from it for months uh, during the decline. So we're back in full force today. A lot of conversation about it. As usual, we're going to start with a discussion about the stock market, just let you know where we are at the Armour Report, how we're invested, what we've done last week, and a bit of a week in review. And then we'll hop into the cannabis couch. Particularly, I want to share with you my thoughts about the ETF MSOS, right? It's the U.S. cannabis stocks. So we're going to get into that. Um, As always, at the end, I'm going to go over your questions, so feel free to load up the chat uh, message board, what have you, and I'll get to it. Um, If you enjoy this conversation, thumbs up always helps me. You guys can subscribe right here to the Armor Report channel on YouTube right down here, but also to the Armor Report if you find it helpful. It's armrreport.com. You can check it out at your leisure. All right, so... Before I dive in, as usual, let's um, explain what the Armour Report's all about real quick for those of you who are new. It stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So what we do here begins and ends with protecting capital first, capturing upside second. And we call it quantumental investing because we have three basic pillars to our investing strategy, right? We build our whiteboard, which is our fundamental research algorithmic execution to tell us when to buy stocks, when to protect capital from a big picture standpoint, following the indexes all the way down to individual stocks. We use algorithms that drive our decision process. And then none of that works without that third pillar, which is stop loss disciplines. And I'm going to explain that specifically in regards to the precious, um, excuse me, precious metals. Yes but the uh, cannabis space in a minute. So all of that is the information edge that I share with you every weekend. And really what I'm revealing for you is information I use to manage my own personal capital. So please always remember that. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know you. I couldn't possibly say, go buy the stock, right? I think we're all uh, adults enough to understand that. So what I am sharing is my own personal experience in the market. I've been doing this over 30 years, developed a process that I think over time can help you deal with the volatility and insanity that the market sometimes throws at us. And so I'm sharing my experience. So here we go. Let's jump in. Um, step one. The last couple of weeks, if you've been following the show, you know that I've been saying there's a bit of an argument between our algorithms and my own personal experience. The armor algorithms, 
which drive our risk decision, has been telling us to be about 70 plus percent invested in the stock market. Okay, after the Monday massacre a couple Mondays ago, we reduced our exposure from 100% to 70. But in our individual portfolios, there's two that I manage, right? My own personal capital is divided into three basic portfolios. One is the Armour Index only. It was 71.5% long throughout the entire last couple of weeks. Then we have Armour Aggressive and Armour Conservative, right? Armour Insiders, who are subscribers, are able to follow these three portfolios as I share how I change the structure and the makeup um, during the week. So those other two portfolios were underinvested based on what happened a couple Mondays ago. All right. But I said to you last week, if we don't get further follow through on the downside and instead we start to get these breakouts across the board, we're going to increase exposure to equal what the armor algorithms are telling us. And that's exactly what happened last week. All right. We had a series of explosive moves higher off of our whiteboard. So the armor report has a whiteboard. It's the place where we put all of our favorite fundamental ideas. Right. And then we look for algorithmic ex execution points to tell us when to buy those ideas. We don't get every idea. The whole point of the, of the whiteboard is to take the pressure off of us to get every idea. You're never going to get every idea. So in every cycle, there's a couple ideas that get away from us. I let them get away from us. They tell us that the market is conducive to higher prices. So we let a couple run, and then we say, okay, that's happening. We have to get these other names because the market's going higher. Right? So, for instance, Roku's not in the portfolio right now, and it's blowing out. It's okay. Right? Next man up is the theory in the Armour Report investing cycle. Next man up. Roku's gone. Other stocks we bought. I'll share with you a couple of ideas. So, anyway, bottom line in this week in review, we are – fully invested now by the end of this last week. We had huge alpha this week, okay, partially because we have such a large exposure to the cannabis space, both Canada and the U.S., and I'll get to that in a minute on the cannabis couch. But we're in that complete position now where our, all three of our armor portfolios are in harmony with the correct exposure. And next week, we may add a little bit more exposure to the aggressive portfolio, right? Because sometimes the aggressive portfolio carries more investment, less cash. That's the point of the three indexes, the three portfolios. All right, so first thing I want to do is just rip through real quick um, a chart of uh, the NASDAQ 100. Okay, we usually go with um, a review of the S&P first, and I'm going to show you the S&P first, but... One of the basic armor investing axioms or rules of the road or whatever you want to call it, one of our favorite chart patterns is the four up and out uh, a chart pattern. You know, you've heard of double tops. You've heard of triple tops. You don't hear of quadruple tops because they don't usually happen. Usually a quadruple top turns into a massive breakout of a beautiful base. So in case you're not with me on this, let's just mark them off together. There's one, right? That's one attempt there's the second attempt okay here is the third attempt 
which turned into the massacre of Monday right here. Okay, and now we're about to take out the high of that big down day, which is your four up and out breakout. Okay, four up and out. Generally, you see higher prices off of a chart pattern like that. And what I've been saying to you guys from the beginning of that Monday massacre, and what I've been saying even since the beginning of the new risk on entry point for, the, uh, for all of these indexes, is that we're not going to see the market rip to new highs by the end of the year without leadership. And leadership is the NASDAQ 100. Okay, so while it underperformed for a couple of weeks and caused a little consternation for me, ultimately, it's starting to pick up. All right, let's take a quick look at the S&P. So bottom line, if this thing blows out next week, um, you know, obviously that's good and that's a healthy market and we will continue to put capital to work. All right, we're looking now at the S&P. It's a bit of a better picture, right? Because one, two, three actually took us out of this consolidation, but then drove us back in because of that nasty Monday. And now we just made a little teeny cup and handle and we're about to break out to new highs, all right? So assuming that that breakout occurs next week, even if it consolidates, it breaks out the following week, what have you, it doesn't matter if it's exactly our timing. What you have is a very bullish market right now. And this is why we've increased our exposure. So let me wrap up this particular segment with, um, with this thought. It's incredibly important as an investor to not force your will on the market, not let your fears overcome reality, okay? You can look at the situation, be cautious, but you must read and react, as my high school hockey coach used to tell me. Read and react, son, read and react, right? Probably a lot of coaches all across you know, the world have told their, their athletes that, right? So it's the same about stock investing. It doesn't matter how uncomfortable I was the last couple of weeks. If the market tells me something different, if the armor algorithms are telling me something different, we have to adopt, uh, adapt, okay? And adopt a stronger stance, and that's what we did. So, um, real quick, just to give you a couple of patterns to let you know where we're headed, just to give you an idea of what we did, right? Here's Illumina, one of my favorite NASDAQ 100 names and favorite uh, uh, biotech IBB type of names, breaking out of a serious downtrend, making higher lows. This is an economy reopening story that nobody really understands. The only reason the stock's been destroyed and earnings are off is because their products are basically used in research, research centers. And when you're all working from home, you don't get the same throughput at a research center. Okay, as people go back to work, as research ramps back up, there's a lot of demand for these products, right? So anyway, that's just part of the story. That looks like a beautiful breakout. Let's look at IBB now. We added this to the portfolio inside of this pennant. Those of you who follow me on Twitter, you know we were adding this. I tweeted this out. And I showed you the chart pattern. Beautiful chart pattern. Tight pennant. Just breaking out on Friday, right at the close there. Okay. IBB, and of course, BIB if you're more aggressive, which is twice the IBB. Okay, we picked up some shares of SNAP, right? Right in here. Okay, Roku blew out, we're buying SNAP, SNAP's running. 
right? Of course, we all know we still have Pinterest in the portfolio. We've never sold it, and the stock keeps ripping higher. Let's talk about stop losses real quick. We use trailing stops. With Pinterest, trailing stop was a 25-day moving average. Never closed below it. That's why we're still in it. Okay, so those are just a couple of ideas that we were involved in last week or we continue to hold. If you wanted to take a peek at the entire Armor portfolios, of course, you can become an Armor subscriber, an Armor insider right down here. And you can see what we own, what the prices are, what our stop losses are going to be. So um, without... Without any further ado, let's jump into what we all want to talk about, which is the cannabis couch. Um, first of all, I'm going to give you a condensed version of a two-part video series that I did for Armor Insiders last week, and I sent out to all Armor Report email subscribers. So if you go to the website, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com, you scroll down, there's a free email that you can sign up for, okay? And for those subscribers, I sent you this two-part series last week. If you're, if you're not getting it, you can always subscribe or let me know if you didn't get the, the videos, and I'll send them to you. Although today, I'm going to try to condense all that I was saying in those two videos for everybody now. Um, before I, I launch into you know, a discussion before I wax poetic about MSOS and its merits, I do want to share with you the three basic principles of armor investing. We talked about it a minute ago. And it's really important we think about it before I go into the cannabis space and what we're doing. Because it's going to be fun. I'm going to talk to you about a lot of great things. I'm going to talk to you about the massive upside that looks like it's coming, okay? But before we get there, you have to remember that the Armour Report investing way, the Armour investing way is about building the whiteboard, using algorithms for execution points, and using stop losses. You've got to use stop losses. Otherwise, all of your emotion and all of your excitement will make it impossible for you to see clearly if the position goes against you. And you will then trap your capital in an investment theme that could crush you. And anybody who's been investing in cannabis for the last three years knows what I'm talking about. Okay. We cannot force our will on the market. I'm about to talk to you about some really great things that are lots of fun, okay? It will not stop me from selling every single share if we go below stops, okay? Let's take a peek real quick. Let's go down memory lane because it's important we do this before I go into the merits of this investing process. I'm going to use MJ as the basic, you know, um, catch-all for these stocks, okay? So I was not an investor in MJ specifically. I bought a bunch of these stocks, but I want to share with you what happened. It started way back here. We owned Canopy Growth, okay? These things skyrocketed. Remember that? This is back here in 2018, right? Anybody following me on, 
on, on Twitter or on YouTube knows I was talking about this in here. We made some money. We booked some profits, came down. Oh, we did it again. Bought a bunch of stocks, right? Canopy growth, acreage, true leave, right? These things skyrocketed, okay? Now, I know MJ doesn't reflect true leave and acreage, but trust me when I say it, when this was running, those stocks were going up as well, okay? And in fact, right here, I'm just going to show you on this chart right here. This is May of 2019. And my birthday is May 4th. And believe it or not, on May 4th, I think it was May 3rd, actually. May 3rd was a Friday. Okay? That's right here. I drove to Tallahassee because I live in Florida. And I hopped in the car and went on a research junket. Okay? Drove to Tallahassee and sat down with Kim Rivers, the CEO of True Leaf. It was May 4th. May 3rd, 2019. Okay, I couldn't be more excited about cannabis at the time. I had a great three-hour meeting with Kim. She really laid out the whole U.S. cannabis investing story for me, and it made it very easy for me to grasp what was going on, which at the time was difficult. Kind of still is now. We had 280E. I didn't even know about that tax rule. You know, the accounting for cannabis grow is kind of weird. So I needed help with that. And I needed to look in her face and really see who I'm dealing with. Is this real? And it was the greatest story ever. I was like, this, this is a sick story. And I'm here to tell you, everything she shared about the business model was 100% accurate. Did it stop the stock from cratering? No. And so those of you who follow what I was talking about right in here, as these stocks broke below the 200-day moving average, by May 30th, we had sold all of our cannabis stocks, all of our cannabis stocks by May 30th, which was at the time emotionally very difficult. I just had a huge meeting with the CEO of Trulieve, and I thought it was the greatest investment idea of my life. And I sold everything by May 30th. Okay. And what do we have? An absolute destruction of capital all the way until recently. Just to give you a true chart of true leaf. Okay. So this was right in here was May, right? May of 2019 broke Broke down below the 200-day, we sold the stock, okay? Now, I share this with you because recently, we've added all of these names back to the portfolio, okay? Right here, this day, right here, we had an algorithmic execution entry point on October 7th into all of the U.S. cannabis names. And we can look at... October 7th on MSOS is right here, right here, MSOS. Came public earlier the prior month, and it popped out right here. This is where we were buying all the U.S. cannabis stocks. Now, why am I sharing this with you, okay? I'm sharing that story with you 
to tell you that no matter how great the story sounds, we will still be using stop losses. We will still be protecting capital. We could still be wrong. Okay, having said all that, now let's have some fun. Um, where do I want to start this discussion? I guess we, I want to start where I just ended it. Let's look at MSOS chart pattern again. Okay. October 7th was the start of the move and it's been an explosive move. I want to share another pattern with you. We're going to look at it on the O'Neill chart. Oops, that's Palantir. That's, we're going to get to that in a minute. Okay. So right in here is where we started buying U.S. cannabis stocks again. We had not bought them since May of 2019. We started putting capital to work in the U.S. cannabis space on the 7th of October using algorithms. Right? So that's the second pillar of how we invest. We fill up the whiteboard. We've been watching the U.S. cannabis stocks for months. We finally got an entry point we were comfortable with, put capital to work. Here we are today. Volume precedes price. I wanted to go over what happened last week. Look at the volume spikes coming into MSOS. So what I want to say right now is um, what we're seeing right now in my opinion, is a microcosm of what's going to happen to the U.S. cannabis space as more and more capital is allowed to invest in the space. Now, we've been talking about that for three years or more, and we're waiting for safe banking, and we're waiting for, you know, decriminalization, rescheduling, whatever. And we know that's a tsunami of money going to get in. But what's happening right now is the beauty of MSOS. You know, I always say that, in, that, that capital to be invested is like an inverted pyramid, right? And at the end of the day, this is what matters more than anything else. The fundamentals can be the greatest ever. We just went through this. For the last couple of years, the fundamentals are unreal on the cannabis stocks. Stocks go straight down, okay? So what really matters is this inverted pyramid of investable capital trying to get into a space. Right? So we were at the very bottom, tiny, tiny amount of capital able to access the U.S. cannabis investing space. Right? There's a tiny amount of investable assets. Right? It's hard to find. There's not a lot of ideas. The ideas trade, a lot of them on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Okay. So what MSOS has done, and its brilliance, is allowing a bigger portion of that inverted uh, investable capital pyramid to squeeze into the space. It's a microcosm of what's going to happen as the inverted pyramid of investable capital gets bigger and bigger. So in the last couple of weeks, maybe the last month, money's been coming in to MSOS, right? And as money comes in, theoretically, these assets are being bought, right? That's what an ETF is. You buy the ETF, the ETF turns around and buys the assets, even if it's synthetic, which 
we can go over it another time of how it works at MSOS. Okay? And it drives the prices higher. Now, it's so that's number one. Number one is you're seeing a little bit of what it's going to look like when we get any of these uh, regulation changes that allows for a bigger pool of capital to invest. Number two is no surprise that last week we saw an increase in volume because options on MSOS have started to trade. I'm going to share with you two ideas that show you the power of what happens when options begin to trade on an asset. This is not a guarantee. It always happens. Sometimes options can start trading and tons of puts are bought and the opposite goes on. Okay. So what's happening is options start trading, call volume is starting to spike. This drives the dealers to buy the underlying asset as they're selling the calls. All right. When you buy a call, you're generally buying it from a dealer, an options dealer. The options dealer, okay, is not in the business of taking risk. So he's not going to short calls to you. He's going to sell a call to you and go buy the underlying to match his position. So the more call buying that goes on, the bigger the open interest in calls, the more the dealers have to buy the underlying. And this is what creates explosive price moves in a short period of time. Okay, that's not about long-term fundamentals. It's not about a guarantee that the stock keeps going up, but it helps you understand explosive moves in a short period of time. And now let's go look at two positions that have experienced this recently to help you understand how this works. Okay, let's look at Tesla. Tesla announces they're being added to the S&P 500. Or the announcement drops. They're being added to the S&P 500. All right. The stock was kind of languishing a bit, but actually it had broken the uptrend. Right. So the fundamentals haven't changed at all for Tesla. The stock was not going up before the news of the S&P 500 inclusion hit the tape. And in fact, you could say it was underperforming the market and breaking the uptrend. Then they got included to the S&P and the stock gapped up. Now it's jumped, what is it, 20% in two weeks. I submit to you that entire 20% move is related to institutions who track the S&P who now have to own Tesla. It's going to be included in the S&P 500 on the 18th of December. They can't all wait for the 18th to start buying Tesla, right? So what they do is buy calls to help them get in position for that date. As they buy calls, and it's a massive amount of call buying, right? The S&P is huge. Tons and tons of money is traded following the S&P. So there's huge, huge need. And so what we see is massive call buying, driving dealers to buy the underlying, which they then will deliver on the 18th. To the institution buying the call. And so you get a huge pop in Tesla. Now let's look at Palantir, right? P-L-T-R. P-L-T-R. Okay. Stock went berserk after it started trading options. Look at the call open interest. Look at the call buying the stock went berserk in a short period of time. 
Why is that, guys? Why is that? All of a sudden, everyone just woke up to the great fundamentals? I mean, the stock came public and kind of traded sideways for a month. What created the explosion? I'll tell you what created the explosion. And I'll say it in all humility. And I'm welcoming anybody who wants to tell me I'm wrong. It skyrocketed. Because options started trading and massive calls were being bought. I think the 30 strike has huge open interest. And it drove buying by dealers that ripped the stock through the roof. Okay? So now let's look at our favorite stock, MSOS. Okay? Call buying start. Boom, the thing starts to explode. Okay, so this is short-term in nature, and it explains what's happening in the stock to a certain degree. Now, I want to wrap up this thought before I get to questions here with a brief discussion on why I'm comfortable investing in MSOS. And I just shared with you why the stock's blowing out, in my opinion. Okay? It's part of the reason. All right? Now let's get to the investing process. And this is an armor report axiom, right? An armor axiom. How, how, um, I, I would say investing for me, over 30 years of doing this, I've discovered this over time. My father taught me this early on. Okay? He and I have worked together for you know, more than three decades. Investing is as much about people as it is products and services. I can't tell you how many companies I've done research on. And when I lived in Manhattan and spent 14 years in Manhattan, we used to see three to five management teams a week would come into our office, sit down, tell us their story. I can't tell you how many unbelievably great products or services. The ideas were brilliant. And the management team was terrible. And the stocks went nowhere. So don't tell me ever that this is the greatest product ever. So let's go buy the stock. If the management team is not up to the challenge, you're not going to make money in the stock. So when it comes to MSOS, it was really important to me, the people behind the ETF. And so the um, fund manager, Dan Ahearns, was kind enough to get on the phone and chat with me one-on-one. -on -one. Made me very comfortable. I'm going to share with you just real quick. You guys can do your own research here, right? I'm just sharing with you my own thoughts, my opinions. I suggest you do your own due diligence here before you buy anything ever, all right? But let's take a look real quick at this, okay? So you guys can go online. You can take a look. This is Dan. He's going to share his thoughts on what he's doing with MSOS. All I can say is at the end of my conversation with him, I'm very comfortable being in business with him. Let's just put it that way. Let's move on. You've got to make your own decisions, okay? Furthermore, for those of you who have been following me or the cannabis space for a long time, if you've been following me on, on Twitter, I would say originally three years ago, the cannabis guru that really got me up to speed 
back then and has all the way up till today. And I retweet him all the time. And it's Todd Harrison of CB1 Capital. Okay, by the way, I have no affiliation to these people. I'm not getting paid by these people. Okay, I'm just sharing with you information of my contact. That's all. Okay, I think Todd, you know, the work he does is brilliant. The information he shares is phenomenal, and it's helped me be a better investor in this space. And so what I love to see when it comes to MSOS is this press release, right? Advisor shares, partnership, CB1 Capital. So Todd Harrison's business, his company, has been contracted to work with Dan Ahern's and uh, advisor shares on CB1, excuse me, on MSOS. To wrap up, investing is as much about people as it is products and services. And I believe the people behind MSOS are worth investing with. That's why I'm comfortable putting capital here. Okay? So um, those kind of wrap up my thoughts. Uh, on the cannabis space. We are going to continue to be focused here. We've been building positions, and here's how we're going to use MSOS in my personal portfolio. To me, it's like a hub, and then I've got the spokes around it. So MSOS is the hub. It gives me exposure to all the stocks in the space that the brain trust of Todd and Dan have together, right? And then around that, I'm going to put my favorite names based on the work I'm doing. Okay. And that's what the portfolio is going to look like. And of course, I'll be sharing that with Armor Insiders every step of the way. I hope that's been helpful. Now let's get to Q&A, see if there's anything I can answer um, before we wrap up today. All right, let's go. Chris. Chris says... Hold on a second, Chris. What are you saying? Uh, ACB, let's go. <laughs> Very funny, my friend. Look, I'm not buying ACB, but let's let's talk about. Um, let's look at what I will be, what I am willing to buy. Okay. Um, CGC is is clearly my biggest position, and it's been the biggest position in Armor portfolios since this date right here. All right. So October 8th, we put this position on at $16.24, and we haven't sold it since. Stock is now 29 okay? I have said to you guys from the beginning, I, when it comes to Canada, I'm only investing in the companies that have the balance sheet. And the ones that have the balance sheet are Canopy Growth and Kronos, okay? So is it possible that some of the smaller names skyrocket? That's fine. Right here on the um, November 5th, we bought shares of Kronos, right? At $6.49. Now it's at, you know, what, $8.47, okay? So, look, we all invest differently. Have at it. If you want to own something that constantly needs capital and constantly dilutes shareholders, that's your prerogative. If you're trading it, if you're swing trading it, have at it. But, the Armour Report and my personal capital will always be invested in the best management and the best balance sheet. That's what I do. 
So I'd rather put more money in those names than put less money in those names and spread it out over other guys. You see what I'm saying? It's really a question of how you invest. All right. Um, FSLY edit. Okay. All right, Raymond. Raymond, let's talk about, um, I'm glad you brought up FSLY. Let's take a peek real quick. I was um, listening to the conference call. Oops, that's the wrong chart. Okay. Here's Fastly. All right. Actually, why don't I do this? Let's go back to this chart. All right. Um, what is this? Um, lemonade. Okay. Uh, have at it. It's all you. Liability insurance for Europe, United States. Renters insurance. If you like it, you, you can have it. Not, not a name on my whiteboard. EDIT. Edit. You know, edit, CRISPR, these names probably should be owned. I don't own them right now, okay? Probably should be, but I don't own it right now. Let's look at CRISPR real quick because the two go together. CRISPR is blowing out, so you're probably right on edit. All right. Um, but let's talk about uh, Fastly. We can see eye to eye on Fastly. Oops, F-S-L-Y, right? Okay. This big gap down if you recall, was because of the whole uh, Donald Trump uh, uh, TikTok issue. TikTok was 12% of their revenue. Um, and so number one, let me just say this. I listened just yesterday. It's so funny you bring it up, Raymond. I was on the conference call yesterday. You can all listen to it. Needham and company did a um, conference, virtual conference with the management of Fastly on the 17th of November. Everybody should listen to it. If you have any interest investing in the space, if you have any interest investing in Cloudflare, okay, you really need to listen to this call. It was brilliant. It broke down the whole thing. Number one, there are no more expectations of any revenue coming out of TikTok after November. So the expectation in the marketplace, the guidance the company has given everybody on Fastly going forward. Is, it includes zero revenue from TikTok. So basically, any change in stance, which just happened this week, Trump administration gave TikTok more time to figure out what they're going to do with U.S. assets. Okay? Who knows? Maybe Biden takes over, and there's a complete reconciliation. Whatever it is, if there's any TikTok business going forward, it's going to be it's going to create a, a better-than-expected earnings announcement for Fastly because right now the guidance is zero revenue from TikTok, okay? So we have to watch the news events because if it starts to unfold that TikTok is allowed to function in this country in any way, we can know that the next earnings announcement probably is going to be an upside earnings surprise for Fastly. And management said they're still working closely with TikTok while TikTok is figuring out what they're going to do. All right. So could be a lot of upside. Meantime, the rest of their business is booming. I don't think we'd have a shot at this stock right now if it hadn't been for that TikTok Trump story. This stock would be at the moon already. So once they get past this problem, 
This stock could be a big stock. It's at the very top of our whiteboard and has to be monitored. All right, Quail Hollow. Hey, what's happening, my friend? A new Armor Insider. Nice to see you. And thank you for that. We did have a great week. I'm glad you joined us for it. And you've been a great addition to the Armor Insider crew. You know, we're building a community at the Armor Report. We're all working together. What I like to say is we're an army of analysts followed and supported by a tank division of algorithms. That's how we build edge at the Armor Report. And you have definitely uh, been an addition. I appreciate it. I'm not sure what BB is. Let's take a look. Oh, Black. Oh, shoot. Did you ask me that last week? I totally forgot. Ah, I totally forgot to go over that. Hmm. I got to take a peek at that. It's blowing out without us. All right. I'm going to write it down again. I'm going to write it down again. Remind me again next week. Okay. Or if you're an armor insider, remind me in the room on Monday because we're going to have to listen to, to Blackberry just in case there's something cooking there. That chart looks good. Mark. All right. These forgotten stocks, KISS, blah, 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 blah. Will they uh, hold these gains like JWK? Um, like the stocks you're interested in, just curious. Okay, yeah. So what you're asking me is all the beat-up stocks that had a huge couple of weeks, will they continue to go higher or will it shift back to the leadership um, uh, like the NASDAQ 100 type names? In my experience, it's the leadership that drives net worth over a long period of time. It's not buying laggards that have a couple of weeks or a month of a rally. It just isn't, in my experience. Could it happen this time? It certainly could. But I'll be honest with you. I want someone to explain the in, in investing process in something like Exxon. Why would Exxon or Chevron, if you, I mean, if you told me that Trump won the election, I don't know, maybe Exxon and Chevron be worth owning. But you're talking about a progressive government coming in trying to get rid of fossil fuels. So how is that a long-term investment thesis? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, just as an example, that doesn't make any sense to me. It looks like a short-term pop. It looks like economy reopening. You know, maybe you, you send up energy stocks, I guess, because maybe airlines are going to start moving more and they're going to consume more fuel. But is that really a long-term investment you want in the portfolio? It's not for me. Investing is always about opportunity cost of money, right? That's why when I say to you, stop losses are so important. You go back to the cannabis stocks. I love cannabis. Had I held on to them from May of 2019 through, you know, recently, not recently, but, you know, let's say two months ago, right? They just popped. But I would have killed my capital for over a year. I mean, right on through the market collapsed through March. I mean, I would have been killing my capital. And instead, we've had a huge year in the armor report because capital was free to commit it right after the collapse in March. That's all because of stop losses. That's all because we protect ourselves. So the opportunity cost of money is, is as important. Don't tell me if, let's say, you held cannabis or you're, or, you know, you're holding energy and eventually it goes up. Hey, great, I held it, I made it through the tough times, and now I've made some money. Think about all the money you missed while you were waiting for that investment to turn on. This is why we use algorithms. They help us find the right entry points, and we use stop losses to get us out of mistakes so we can reinvest somewhere else and capture upside while we wait 
for our whiteboard to tell us, yep, now's the time. But I don't think there's ever going to be a time I want to own energy. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong about that. And I've owned energy in the past. I just don't see it right now. And the, the same could be true for the, the retailers, KSS, or I just, they're not names for me. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Francine. Hey, Francine, how you doing? End of Friday, a mag and Newmont finished the day with engulfing patterns. Precious metal prices down. Is it possible they would lead to an upside? Thank you. Great, great question. Love that question. Okay, let's go to the videotape. For those of you who know Warner Wolf in the 1980s. <laughs> um, all right. What you're talking about is this little update here in Newmont. Mag. Okay. All right. Uh, meanwhile, if we looked at GLD, we had this going on, right? SLV breaking down. So what I submit to you is this, Francine. Um, it could be the first, you know, ray of light at the end of the long tunnel for the precious metal stocks. We'll have to watch them over the next couple of weeks, maybe the next month, see if they form a bottom. But one day doesn't change the rules for me. Yes, mining stocks lead the metal. So mining stocks cratered and then the metal collapsed. So mining stocks have an up day, that's great. But I need to see a positive pattern form at the 200-day moving average for me to get interested again. Like that kind of selling doesn't in, in, in normally reverse and then skyrocket. It doesn't normally happen that way. You know, what I've been talking about when it comes to call volume increasing that's driving stocks like MSOS or Palantir or uh, um, um, Tesla or even the market indexes, it's the exact opposite in GDX. It, the put volume keeps rolling lower. And so dealers keep shorting G GDX and it keeps driving them lower. So um, the fact that they popped up on a Friday of option expiration doesn't mean anything to me. That looks like normal, probably options related behavior. So we're going to need more than one day to change the opinion. Steven, Brett, I was out of the market for about a month. Okay. I made money on gold early this year. Okay. PHYS under 14, bought it back, your opinion. Well, feel free to buy it back. It's up to you, right? I'm not telling you what to do or how to do it, but um, I'm just sharing my own personal opinion. And I think you just heard it, right? I don't, I'm not ready to buy the stocks back yet. For me, I need a real bottom to form. And this is the difference between me and a lot of you. Like I don't catch a falling knife. It just cuts off your fingers. I don't guess where a bottom is. At the same time, I don't care if I buy things later. I just want to buy them right. I don't have to buy the low. I have to buy them right so they start going up immediately when I add them to my portfolio. This is not about my ego and did I catch the bottom and then tell everybody later, hey, I bought the bottom. Ooh, <laughs> Who do I, what do I care about other people, what they think? This is why I say to you guys last week, why do you really care what the S&P is doing? 
Who cares what the S&P is doing versus your portfolio? All you should care about is your own net worth, protecting it and capturing upside when you can. That's it. Okay? So same thing is true here. I'm not buying a falling knife, and I probably won't buy the bottom. But I will put it back in the portfolio when there's the right setup and our algorithms give us an entry point. All right. Um, Bruno. Thoughts on Wix chart? Okay. Let's take a look. Oops. W-I-X. Woo! Well, the chart's looking tasty there, right? It's got to break the downtrend, but let's take a look at this weekly. You know, if it can break the downtrend, it might interest me. I'm not a, I'm not a buyer in here, but Certainly trying to make a double bottom at the, at the 250 level. Could put that on your list. I mean, here are some charts that we've been buying, the Armour Report. And they look, you know, kind of similar. Not exactly, but not exactly. But a double bottom at the 50-day, really the 100-day moving average of, you know, PayPal. We, we, added, we added that right here in the tight base. See how tight that base is in here? I like to buy really tight bases because it makes my stop loss really simple. The stop is small, and so I have no problem putting money to work. Let's look at it here. So just to give you some quick thoughts, right? So we're buying on the Armour Report right in here, PayPal. Real tight stop. Maybe the 100-day moving average was the stop, and the thing broke out. So if I buy Wix, let's look at the chart patterns. It's a, it's actually, it's very nice, a very tight pattern right there, right? Your stop, if you were to add it, would probably be the low right here. The low of uh, November 24th would be my stop if I added it. Right? That's not a bad pattern. What else is like that? Etsy just blew out. It looks like that. Oops. Right base, right in here was the day to buy it. Boom, it just exploded. How about Twillo? Right base coming out. All right. Um, let's see. What else? What else you got for me? Guess my question is, would Jay be a, a short candidate? Oh, okay. JWN. Okay. Well, um, first of all, let me say, um, Mark, that I don't short in a bull market. Okay. That's just me personally. In fact, I almost never short. If I was to be a short seller, it would be in a market where the Fed is reducing liquidity. If the Fed announces we're going to raise rates and reduce liquidity, then I start looking to short because I think, you know, that's when the meat of the short sales work. So that's just my philosophy and how I run money. So I don't, I would just rather focus on finding the next long idea than trying to fight a short, particularly a stock that's going straight up. Because I, I don't know where Nordstrom's going to stop. I mean, it could keep running, Right. I mean, the whole market could go up. I mean, you could get a NASDAQ 100 breaking out, leadership stop breaking out, and these stocks could continue to levitate for a while. So as with a bottom, same thing with a top. I don't short a stock that's going straight up. It's like trying to catch a falling knife. It's trying to, I don't know, grab a rising arrow. I don't know. <laughs> Cut your hands off. All right? I don't do it. All right. Um, And you're in a house of pain on NG and sale. 
picked up some. Uh, why are you, how are you losing money in sale, my friend? I'm not sure about that. Sale point? That looks, that looks great. That chart looks great. 45 is the key location there. It closed at 45.12. That thing looks tasty. So I'm not sure how you're, you're in a house of pain there. Um, yeah, NG, I mean, you just can't hold on to stocks that the whole group is breaking down. Everything breaks down with it. So for a while, NG was outperforming. But if GDX is collapsing, they all go down together, particularly mining stocks. So for future, just learn that lesson and don't do it again. You know what I mean? That's all. All right. Um, MRO. Marathon oil. You guys like oil. Go for it. It's all you. I'll let you have it. Your experience is that from, uh, in, in the past, have you seen institutions rotating into growth in December? I don't know, man. I mean, I don't, I don't think they ever really rotated out of growth. I think growth just took a couple of weeks off after having massive upside. Don't forget the triple Qs are, are up more than any other index of the big indexes for the year. So I think they just took a break and there's a lot of money sloshing around, a lot of liquidity fed incredibly easy. Uh, Democrats taking over. So theoretically massive amounts of stimulus markets going up, you know? So I don't know if there's anything about December that necessarily anyway, those type of things. I know I've seen somebody, somebody, um, I'm sure you guys have seen it on Twitter and on CNBC. I'm sure someone said it. Oh, uh, there has to be a big rebalancing in December. And so funds are going to sell equities and buy bonds. I mean, whatever, man, that stuff, you know, it's just hackneyed, you know, uh, um, philosophies that they bring up whenever the market goes up, right? Oh, a put call ratio, um, too many people, blah, blah, blah. I mean, none of that really helps when it comes to managing money, but it's great if you want to look like a smart 2020 hindsight type of guy, but it doesn't really help us make money now. Okay, that's my opinion there. Pan American. Pan American. You know, I'm going to skip through some of these, right? Because you know what I think about the metals now. So there's the chart. I got no interest right now. But um, are you able to follow up? Yeah, Kevin, I haven't. All right. Remind me again next week. Armor Insiders, please remind me about BB on Monday so we could do some research together. All right. Finally get to join the live presentation. Best on YouTube. Adele, I really appreciate that, my man. What are your thoughts on EV stocks? C-I-I-C. And can I just say, can I just say, Adele, and to everybody on YouTube right now, Adele and I do not agree politically, and yet we're friends on YouTube, and we can talk about stocks together. And that's okay. And I love you for it. Right? More people need to have that kind of communication. We've had discussions politically and maybe we're different, but we can talk about other things and invest and make money and have a good time on YouTube. And I appreciate your efforts and your abilities to see past your own political opinion. And I wish more people would be like that. All right, um, thoughts on EV. Wow. Merger Corp. Is that like a blank check company? Let's take a look at this chart. Whoops. There's Todd. Hey, Todd. How you doing? 
Yeah, blank checks. You know, Adele, I just don't like the blank check companies, so I don't I don't do them. Do, now, do I like EV companies? I can't not recognize that we're getting some massive moves in those stocks. I think that they're overcooked, and I can't personally buy them right now. So I missed the initial explosion. And so now what I have to do is look for the next entry point. I've told you guys I have no interest in Chinese companies. So I'm going to say this with an asterisk, all right? But NEO and XPEV, you know, I think we probably have to pay attention to those stocks with a major asterisk because I don't like Chinese companies, you know, but I can't ignore what's going on in this space. And, you know, maybe, maybe the Chinese companies are going to dominate this space to a certain degree. So I have to pay attention to them. I'm not sure what I'll ever do with them. But um, I would rather go to those names than buy a blank check company. That's my thought. Tech Monkey, good morning. Hey, how are you, Deb? Nice to see you. Glad you could join us. Um, YOLO and Toke. Okay, yeah, great. I, in fact, I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot. YOLO is run by the same company um, uh, that runs MSOS, right? So, um, you know, love the people behind it. Certainly love the people behind it. But the company invests in all different types of cannabis stocks. So I'm not exactly sure I know Toke. In fact, I don't realize, I don't know, I don't know Toke. I'll have to take a look at that and what's in Toke. But um, I like MSOS because of its focus on U.S. cannabis. What's in YOLO is, is great, but I can buy, you know, my own names outside of U.S. cannabis. So MSOS is the, is, is a, an important part of my portfolio because it helps me get exposure to U.S. cannabis names. Um, when it comes to buying anything else out there, I can do that on my own. Right. And I'd rather buy, like I've said, the biggest names, uh, not the biggest, the, the names of the best balance sheets, the best management teams, that type of thing. Right. So uh, I don't use YOLO or TOKE. I have to go take a look at. Um, so I'm going to write that down. Um, but those are my thoughts there. That's why I use MSOS instead. OK, I think MLS is uh, are doing a double top in recent highs, which they almost Consolidate till next round of earnings. Uh, okay. I have no, I have no response to that. You can certainly uh, feel whatever way you wish to feel. And of course, when I have, there's, you know, there's MSOS. So it blew out past the previous high. Okay. So certainly we'll have to see how it does next week. And when I share this information with you, it is not telling you, I'm never telling you to go buy a stock. Right? I own it, first of all, so full disclosure. But I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm telling you, do your own due diligence. I think this is something worth your time to focus on. If you then do your due diligence and don't like it, don't do it. All right? Use your own timing techniques. I love it. King, I'm 19, new to investing, 11 shares of data. Uh, okay. Look. Chinese-based company that provides on-demand delivery Retail platform. Okay. Um, I don't know. You don't know what to do with it. Um, 
not sure I got anything for you on there, Mr. King. You know, you're going to have to find your own way there, my friend. I don't know anything about Data Nexus. I'm not a huge fan of long-term ownership of Chinese companies, but it looks like you're on a major winner. So really just figure out what your stop loss rule is. Use trailed stops or what have you, you know. And, um, you know, I would also suggest that becoming an Armor Insider might be right for you because we spend a lot of time on education in that room. And so you may learn a lot. So consider that. All right, um, Southeastern. Hey, Brett. Afria. All right, you like Afria. I don't not like Afria, and certainly the stock's running. Okay. It does not have the cash of Kronos to CGC, but looks healthier than those and has already purchased presence in the U.S. through recent acquisitions. Oh, okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with with Afria, um, it was a hard decision for me. You know, I, I'm staying with the names that I've described, but I, I wouldn't discourage somebody from, you know, buying Afria. It's just, you know, every time I do the research on these companies, I always come back to the ones I'm most comfortable with based on their cast position, the management team, and their connection to, um, you know, Philip Morris and and uh, Constellation brands. And it just makes me more comfortable. And so that's where I go. Yeah, but certainly you can make money in Afria if the whole group's going up. These, these stocks are all going up. I just don't, I don't like, look, when I put money in Canopy and Kronos, I have a higher degree of confidence that I'm not going to wake up one morning with a major capital raise that drops the stock, you know, 15, 20, 30%. I just, I can't stand running into that brick wall. And these companies constantly do it but not those two names. And so I don't have to worry about it. And if the whole group goes up, they're all going up. And so that's kind of how I'm putting money in that space. That's my opinion. And I could be wrong. All right. <sighs> Steven, yeah, Appian went ballistic. Holy smokes, did I miss that name. Had it on the whiteboard. Missed the name. This makes me sick because there was time to buy it after the earnings announcement, and I just didn't get to that call. I wish I'd picked up the phone and listened to that call. Nothing to do about it here. Not for me. If you're on it, well done. All right. What important dates do you think we should be aware of to reduce risk? Inauguration, Fed? Yeah, that's a great question, but I don't run money that way. That's a great question about dates, but I don't run money based on dates. Um, I don't make predictions about the future. For two reasons. Number one, most predictions are wrong. And number two, when you get a prediction right, you think you know something, all right, your ego starts to talk, and then you just make a whole bunch of bad decisions. So, I mean, I use algorithms to help us get into the market and algorithms to get out. Sometimes they coincide with a date. Sometimes they're a week before or a week after that date. You don't know. That's why the armor investing way is to use these three pillars to run capital. Build the whiteboard, constantly do your research so you know where you want to go. Use algorithms to tell you when to add or subtract capital, not dates. You're looking for institutional flows of capital. Algorithms help you do that. That's what we do at the Armour Report. I know it's hard for individuals to come up with an algorithm, and that's why I literally started the Armour Report, to share the algorithms that I built with everybody. 
right? And of course, the third step is to use stop losses. So once you're into the market and a date is approaching, you can always increase your stops if you want. And if the thing keeps on running, you don't get taken out. If it rolls over, breaks down, boom, you're taken out. And you don't have to make a guess. Use different stops on the way up is what I would say. And the stops that we tend to use are 50, 25, and 14-day moving averages. Grow generation at this point. Oh, Deb, did you have to bring it up? Just kidding, just kidding. Here's my thought on grow generation, okay? You all know I don't like the management team. You all know we bought the stock down here at the Armour Report, and we made 300% on our money on this run right here, and we exited the position. All right, and we left a whole bunch on the table. Yeah, I guess we did, right? Stock went up another more than 50%, okay? Um, I'm not buying the stock up here. I may add a small position at some point in the future. I would add a huge position if they ever brought in a management team that I thought I could trust, and I don't mean any disrespect. Maybe these guys are great, and I just don't know them, okay? Maybe they're great, and I don't know them. So I don't mean any disrespect. But from my um, experience and my efforts at communication with them, I'm not comfortable. So I'll tell you my thought right here. It's right here. MSOS has a position in GrowGen. It's actually a top 10 position. Top 10% of the fund. I mean, you know, one of the top 10 names in the fund. So I'm going to be able to participate in the upside in GrowGen, but not having to own GrowGen directly. That's kind of what I'm doing there. Do you think MSOS will have a pullback? Would be a good entry, please. I don't know what will be a good entry on MSOS other than what we did last you know, week where we were buying the stock. So um, I do think this, though, you, you have to look at MSOS a little bit differently. This chart is a bit of a misnomer. It looks like you've missed it because the stock is up huge since it came public. But that's just because it wasn't trading, guys. It wasn't trading. You want to see what it really did? You, know, you want to see what it really did? Go look at maybe YOLO, right? Okay, had it been trading for this whole time, it would have been in a huge downtrend and it would have recently broken out. You might feel more comfortable buying YOLO because you could see the, the past collapse in the stock and you think to yourself, oh, it's just breaking out now, right? And then you look at MSOS and you think, oh, I'm late to the party. Not really. You understand what I'm saying? If there was a weekly chart here, right, these stocks got crushed for a year. So they're just starting to come off the bottom now and it's hard to see that when you look at YOLO. But I'll tell you what, let's take a quick peek here. You want to see what, what it really looks like, right? Let's look at um, what's the stock been doing of, of this. Uh... All right, well, that's a great chart. So <laughs> that's not going to help us. How about um, Curaleaf? All right, so Curaleaf had a big sell-off and now it's just started to come on. So as you know, Armor Insiders, we were buying it right here and it took off. We added some MSOS right in here. Instead of buying more cure relief, we bought MSOS right in here, right? How about, um, right? Same thing. Green Thumb had a huge downtrend. Look at the Green Thumb chart and then look at MSOS. 
because MSOS will probably be coming across its new highs just right now, like Green Thumb, had it been trading all the way back in 2018. Do you see what I'm saying, guys? So then you look at MSOS and you think, oh, I've totally missed it. But that's just because it hasn't been trading except for the last couple of months. Again, having said all that, I'm not telling you to go buy it next week. I'm just trying to put it in perspective for you of where it's really trading if it had a two-year track record. Look at the names that are inside of it to get an idea of what it really looks like. All right. Uh, do I follow the Wolf of Weed Street on Twitter? I don't. Thanks for that idea. I'll go take a peek and see if he has anything to say, although I don't really love that handle, I'll be honest with you. That makes it sound like he's a, um, a penny stock trader who's a swindler, right? That guy went to jail. So I'm not exactly sure I like Wolf of Weed Street as a handle. It doesn't make me feel comfortable. All right. Um, Todd, Ka CB1 Capital, Cannabis Guru. APHA is similar. Great management team. Okay, good. Chris King, MP. Oh, yeah, MT. I'm glad you brought this into the room. Sorry it took so long, Chris. Whoops. Um, let's take a peek at MP together. We're going over a limit here. Where it's 100. But here's MP. I love this idea, uh, Chris. Thanks for bringing it into the room. This says everything about what MP should be. I'm going to do some research on it this week. We might add this to the whiteboard this week. Okay? This is a rare earth story. And uh, there are few and far between. So when you find them, it's worth doing some research on it. Okay, how about F-U-B-O? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been looking at this stock. I've got to do some more work on it. Of course, I can't buy things that are skyrocketing like this. So it gives me time to do some work and see if I can add it to the whiteboard. Just to go over this real quick again, uh, in case you don't know what um, MP is and, and rare earth minerals, you might want to do a little bit of research on what uh, um, rare earth minerals are. They're very important, and China usually has a lock on rare earth minerals. So uh, Australia has a great offering. I forget exactly what the symbol is of that. There's an Australian company you can invest in as well, and now you've got this company. that. Um, so we're beginning to see the space you know, come on. And if you like the EV story, if you like the solar story, you, you got to like, you know, um, rare earth mining. So maybe something for us to really do some work on. Boy, Sean, NK had a blowout on Friday. Anybody got a beat on that? I didn't see a story there, you know, but the, the stock certainly is uh, um, looking good and held the 200 day moving average. With a 97 relative strength. Nothing wrong with that chart. Chris, I hope you're right about precious metals. You're talking about tips and the dollar and copper, all-time highs, these things. Look, man, you know, you know what I think about the metal space, so I can't go over it again. But if this sell-off stops and we start to see, and God, Chris, you, you're an options man, so you know what I'm talking about. If we see a change in the option chain and, and you know, starting to see calls outweigh the puts uh, that are being bought. Maybe we'll start to see a real bottom set up. Rick White, there's money to be made in renewables 
plug off. Okay, I'm with you on that. Rick, I like plug, P-L-U-G. But it's, of course, blown out. So, you know, looking for entry points. I'm trying to rip through here, guys. We're getting late. All right, thank you uh, for mentioning hubs weeks ago. Looks strong. Yeah, HubSpot is really, really a nice name. Really like this idea. It broke out of that cup and handle and it took off. Glad you're making money there, my friend. All right. TXG. Oh, oh, God, what a great chart pattern, right? And is it any surprise that TXG and Illumina are going together? Right, Illumina is coming off the bottom. So I'm playing Illumina in a big way. Um, I'm real comfortable there. TXG looks great. I mean, really great. I love that story, too. You know, we got a whole look at GH. How'd that do? Let's see, GH is breaking out. These are all part of the same, you know, um, group of stocks that are on the whiteboard here. Look at GH is really breaking out of that pattern. Boy, coming across the tops in a weekly breakout on GH. So all these stocks should be focused on. It's the future of medicine, guys. What do I think of Moderna? I think I should own it, and I don't. But that. <laughs> um, we day traded at Moderna. I mean, it made a lot of money in it last week. Well, we'll probably, probably try to day trade it again. You know, when stocks go through 100, they tend to go to 130. And so, um, you know, that's what's going on here. The stock is just ripping. But it's a, it's a bit of a news football, right? So as long as the stories keep rolling in positive, and so I guess that's what I say about Moderna. I have it on our day trading list. As Armor Insiders, we have a day trading channel. And all we do first thing in the morning is set up a list uh, of companies we're focused on at a key location. And then we look for the trigger to put capital to work. And we had that Moderna last week. We had a big run in the stock. So, you know, I'm using that type of asset for day trading, but I'm I'm not comfortable holding it overnight because I don't know when a news story drops that um, maybe the vaccine doesn't work. I don't know. And the stock opens down 50%. It's just, I'm not going to put my capital at risk like that. So I day trade it, but I'm not going to hold it overnight. That's my own personal opinion, right? I'll give you a name of EV stock that hasn't run up yet. Blah, blah, blah. Great management team. Okay. HCAC. I just don't do blank check companies, man. Rick, I just don't do it. I don't do blank check companies. And I also don't keep, do companies that are late to the party. So, and I mean, no disrespect. If you make money here, I'm, I hope you do. And so I, um, but let me just say from 30 years of doing this, one thing I try to avoid is when I find a space that had huge winners that I've missed, I avoid buying the also rants. I avoid buying stories that come out after there's huge winners that say, this is the next great one in the space. I don't buy lagging stocks. I'd rather find my way into Neo and XPEV than try to buy something that's just happened that hasn't happened yet. That sounds like a Wall Street pitch, and those pitches can be dangerous. 
This is my opinion. I don't know anything about this idea, so I don't want to dissuade you. But I would say, please do your homework. Okay? Do your due diligence. Um, Festeroso, it's not, it's not odd, okay? Merrill, Merrill Lynch will still not let you buy MSOS, okay? Um, and I think UBS maybe won't let you buy it either. I can't remember which one of those companies um, won't let you buy the product. And if you notice, they don't let you buy any managed ETF. I can't remember if that's Merrill or UBS, but one of those two companies, it could be Merrill, doesn't let you buy managed ETFs. They'll let you buy the S&P index ETF, but they won't let you buy a managed ETF. So Merrill Lynch, you know, is out in the stratosphere in their own world, and they're not living in reality of today, right? So that business model of Merrill eventually is going to get ground down until they bring in new management and they figure out how to, you know, function in the world we live in today, which is a world where investors like you are managing your own capital, right? And you don't need a big brokerage firm. You should be probably running your capital through a discount broker with no commissions that allow you to put your capital to work how you want, right? And then what you do is on YouTube or wherever you find information sources that help you manage said capital. You know, I don't know why anybody would have money at Merrill. You know, um, thanks for Pinterest, Rick. Oh, I'm glad you're on Pinterest, man. I just, that's my favorite name and still is my favorite name. I, I just, um, we continue, whoops, we continue to focus there. And like I said, Pinterest never broke the stop. It just keeps on ripping. So I'm glad you're on that. WWR will be superior to MP. Oh, let's take a peek at that name. WWR. All right. Engage in acquisition, exploration, development of uranium in the U.S. All right. Uranium is interesting, but I think that's, I think I'm not sure, you know, one excludes the other. You might want a portfolio of both, right? Because one's uranium and one's rare earth assets that are other than uranium. So it's really both the same story. GE. Yeah, I'm looking for a way back into GE. I, let me just put, you know, we talked about, we talked about Exxon. We talked about Chevron. We talked about, you know, um, uh, the retailers. None of those things interest me, but GE does interest me. And quite frankly, so does Boeing. And those two stocks go hand in hand. I would have more of an interest in buying those names for the long-term growth of the business and the turnaround of their companies than I would buying Nordstrom's. Hey, Raymond, thanks for that. Yeah, L-Y-S-D-Y is the Aussie rare earth play. L-Y-S-D-Y. Let's see if it comes up here. Maybe it comes up here. L-Y-S-D-Y. Yeah, there it is. Whoops. L-Y-S-D-Y. This is a good rare earth play. Look at that breakout. Holy smokes. You're on that? You dog. Good for you. 
Look at the weekly chart there, guys. Rare Earth coming on. I think you and Chris are on to something. We're going to have to focus here, guys. Did I initiate a position in Disney? Oh, dear, oh, dear. Did I initiate a position in Disney? Well, not yet, my friend, not yet. Not yet. Am I disappointed? Maybe. Will I get a shot at it? I think so. I don't think Disney's going to run away from me like, you know, a Pinterest or a Roku or a Snap might. I think I'll get my shot. I continue to be disciplined and wait. I'm looking for a pullback in the name. Haven't gotten it yet. All right, everybody. It's been a long show today. I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate all of your time and all of your energies as we work together as a community to build knowledge. Thanks. Thanks for all of that effort. I'll see you guys on Monday, bright and early Armor Insiders, 830 for our morning call. Guys, have a great weekend. Take care.